0: Well, it's a joy to be together with uh, my two goddaughters, Liza and Michelle. I feel very, very honored to be able to have this teleservice tonight with two of the most creative people I know. Their creativity is very unique to their own spiritual journey and to their lives and to their mission. And we're just going to sit here tonight together and really tap into what's creativity. For myself, I found that Creativity is a, is a type of medicine. It's a meditation, and it brings God consciousness. Because once I start focusing creatively, instead of drifting and being on automatic pilot, something else happens. This flow starts opening, and I can start to bring through the more ephemeral, the more eternal, the more applicable to the heart kind of activity. And so I've learned to tap that because of wonderful help along the way. Many teachers, spiritual teachers and healers who have helped me to refine my own energetic so that I could do, as Ron Ross says, take the beam out of my own eye and help others. And so with that, I am just so, again, very, very grateful to be welcoming these two beautiful souls, these two creative geniuses, Michelle Zanoni Chin and Dr. Liza Fox. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, Michelle, I understand that you have a really special opening prayer for us. So if you don't mind, would you mind taking us a little deeper, a little further with your prayer?
1: I would love to. And first, I want to call everybody in. So if, if, if everybody would like to close their eyes for a minute, and take a deep breath. I call in God and all my universal guides of love and light, the highest of the high. I ask for your presence in and through me as I do your work. Dear Lord, I ask to be a channel of grace. And I call to the Blessed Mother Mary. I call to Ron Ross. I call to Ama Bhagwan and the Great Compassionate Light. Be here now. I call to Padre Pio. And I call to all the archangels. Thank you for being here and being on this call and supporting all of us. Amen. 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 Dear God, the one who is the great creator, come, be here now. Open our hearts to the oneness of all that is. Open our hearts to the possibilities that you are holding for each and every one of us on this call tonight. May your sacred divinity hold our hearts open for this blessed time we have together tonight. May your divine inspiration wash over us now. And may the grace of the universe come to us as a soft morning mist filled with great possibility. Dear God, thank you for your love Thank you for your support, and thank you for all of your miraculous creations. Guide us now into the deepest depths of our being. Blow the divine spark of creation into each and every person on this call, and hold us in your never-ending love. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. So, again, Ron Roth, his wisdom, I could hear so powerfully in that prayer, Michelle. He often talked about the principles of religion and spirituality are basically the same, and that really there's only one religion, the religion of love. And I just always was so moved by that. And he was a very big influence in my life, a a big teacher. And I felt like he was my spiritual father. I met him when I was Mm. pretty young, and he kind of nursed me all the way through to being a a man in the world. So I'm very, very grateful to him. And it's wonderful from the community in which Ron Roth is our our master guide, in a way, for celebrating life. He's really touched a lot of lives and brought a lot of people together. And I know when we first started talking about our journeys, we got together and started planning for our call. We talked about how we all had moved from some form of suffering into transcendence. And I found a beautiful quote that I'd like to share, cultivate an optimistic mind, use your imagination, always consider alternatives, and dare to believe that you can make possible what others think is impossible. And that's by Rodolfo Costa. And the thing about that prayer, or that quote, is that when you have a really good teacher who can hold you in esteem and can see you in the brightest light, it's true. The impossible can be made possible. But it really does start with someone believing in you and holding space for you and loving you. And even when Jesus set out his students onto a path, he said, go knock on a door and just say peace be with you so that the person knows that the, that you're there as representatives of peace of a deep peace and if they invite you in then stay and if they welcome you to enjoy meals with them take them joyfully if they close the door walk away and knock the dust off of your shoes and I think that's so true we all know what it's like to try to enter in and sometimes we're not welcomed and that's very true for artists one person likes that in the gallery and another person says that's <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's like this is life. This is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And as we find our way more and more and more, we refine, we refine, we refine. We don't dissolve what's true about our, our artistry or our creative uh, ability or creative, but we do evolve it. So mm-hmm. anyway, I would like to start off with asking Liza, you being an artist, having a dream of being an artist and having a dream of your life. Can you share a little bit about how that unfolded, some of the wisdom principles that you use, or or even your description of God?
1: Mm, yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. That's so beautiful. And so true about that we as creatives, I, I actually believe everyone is a creative, whether they identify as an artist or not. Because our capacity to create is really within each one of our breaths, you know, each one of our thoughts, each one of our intentions. And so one of the the things that was coming forward, and I can share more about that later, but one of the terms that was coming forward for me to bring to this call was to speak into the Toltec tradition, which really identifies themselves, their whole lineage, as artists. John Miguel Ruiz, who's probably the most well-known South American Toltec, Toltec's all over the world, he says, we are artists of love. So it sounds a lot like Ron. We are artists of love, of cosmic love, not romantic love. We are artists of love, artists of the spirit, creating every moment, every second, the most beautiful art, the art of dreaming. Life is nothing but a dream. And if we are artists, then we create our life with love and our dream becomes a masterpiece of art. I want to just I mean it's so beautiful. He the the word for God in Nuadl, which is the seed teaching of Toltec, is actually also where Juan Diego, who saw Guadalupe, that was his lineage. So the God in in Nuado is is called essentially power. It's continually active, actualized, actualizing energy in motion. It's an ever continuing process, like a flowing river. A flowing mm-hmm. river, like that. That's Holy Spirit. It can, it continually and continuously generates and regenerates, as well as permeates, encompasses and shapes reality as part of an endless process. It creates the cosmos and its contents from within itself as well as, as out of itself. And I just wanna add one more piece here because Dana reminded me this weekend of the Gospel of Thomas, and I find that the most accessible kind of Gnostic text, and it, and it was so beautiful. And so Thomas 50 says, what is the sign of your father in you? Say to them, it is movement and rest. Mm. That sounds all so similar, right? If they say to you, what is God within you? Tell them, from stillness, all creation arises. So those are the kind of themes that I was working with for this call. Mm.
0: So beautiful. Sri Bhagavan talks about something very similar where he says the movement of oneness is from order to disorder and then back to order. And it's that whole, that eternal flow. So where things come together in unity and then go into chaos and they come together in unity. And isn't that the creative process? (laughs) I know know when I'm creating, I have big, big, big piles everywhere. And I'm sure Michelle could uh, relate to that because she's often doing commission and trying to work with people's their desire, their inspiration, but also what she's being guided to help them step into. So Michelle, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your 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 childhood, your process of creating how you evolved, that would be very, very helpful.
1: I would love to. and Liza was talking about the flow in the river. And I really think that is our dance in life. It is about this journey of flow, like creativity. And that, that is what I found looking back on my life. It's had a flow all of its own, its own creative process. And from when I was just a little girl, I always drew I think I think from the age of 4 I was I spent a lot of time by myself unlike a lot of other people I definitely grew up in a house that was full of high emotion I had a father who was an alcoholic and although we had so much love in our home there was a lot of chaos and my bedroom and my artistry was my haven. And I spent hours and hours drawing everything I could get my hands on. I used to use my mother's makeup as my paint tools and my fingers. And I found a lot of solace there. And it took me some time to really reflect on that and to understand that art was a process that allowed me to filter my emotions or express my emotions and at that time there was a lot of sadness there was a lot of confusion and and art was that place that i could step away and express myself and i also found that i had a lot of angels in my lifetime that kind of guided me when i was in high school I actually thought I wanted to be a microbiologist and my teacher pointed out to me that the reason I loved microbiology so much was because I loved to draw what was under the microscope. And so she directed me to express myself and to use my creativity as my way in college. And she suggested that I become a medical illustrator. So I was really grateful that she was somebody watching over me and guiding me down this river. And so I did. I went away to college. And although I didn't become a medical illustrator, fine art just took me over. And again, I found myself really filtering these emotions through my artwork. and. I remember listening to Dana speak at one of our retreats. Actually, I think it was the first one I went to in California. And he was talking about coming from your second chakra. And one time he approached me and he said, wow, your second chakra is huge. You have to really learn to dial that back. And I was extremely insulted by that because I was really invested in that second chakra. Because it was my creativity, it was all that I knew. I felt that that is actually who I was in this life, was my second chakra and my creativity. And it wasn't until a little later on, actually kind of recently, I did some very important work with Christy Levenier, and we began to talk about coming from the 8th, our eighth chakra and how through life we move up through these chakras. And as an artist, I began to see how my creativity and my healing moved up through my body. And now I can put my attention on that eighth chakra. And so when I do my artwork, I'm coming from that place. Actually a little more integrated too with the second chakra, not just from my ace, but I didn't know there was a difference. And I feel that there was a great healing just coming to an understanding of the difference instead of coming from a place of our emotions, moving up to our God space and really being able to bring through that artistry from that God space,
0: and I yeah. and
1: I believe Liza might have something to say about that as well. I can, of course. So it has been such an honor. I just want to say, Michelle, to watch you work and to to know you and to see you go through some of this most recent work that you've done, where you really have challenged yourself to stay in that space and be really in this kind of state of integrity with your connection to the divine and as an offering and the transmission that comes through that is so powerful. So thank you for the opportunity to be a witness with you in that process because what you're really speaking to is this capacity that we have to, to be in an intentional space um, to really be clear and to be in that stillness, that, that unity with the divine that you are speaking into, and then really listen to what's needed to come through, not just what we want to impulse because it feels good, right? And that, right. that difference that you're describing, right? Like, I just want to make it because I want to make it, or it feels good, but what's really being asked of me? And what what creates healing in the world? That our artistry is really an, a healing opportunity. That's what you were speaking into, Bobby. And there was a there was a, a poem that Ryan read this week to me that I would love to share. I think it really describes it better than anything I could say. Is it is it okay to share that now? Oh please, yes. Uh, okay, really. <laughs> I mean, it's a piece, right? So hafiz is the the ultimate instrument for the divine, or one of one of many examples of that. And Hafiz shared this transmission through their art. We don't know who Hafiz was. Listen to this music. I am a hole in a flute that the Christ's breath moves through. I'm a hole in a flute that the Christ's breath moves through. Listen to this music. I am the concert from the movement of every creature singing in myriad chords and every dancer, their foot I know and lift and every brush and hand, well, that is me too who caresses any canvas or cheek. How did I become all these things and beyond all things, it was my destiny as it is yours. My poems are about our glorious journey. We are a whole in a flute, a moment in space that the Christ's body can move through and sway all forms in an exquisite dance as the wind in a forest. Mm. It's so beautiful.
0: So beautiful. Thank you. That
1: being, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it reminds me a little bit of St. John of the Cross. And he said, we are, we are like a stone, and we must be chiseled, we must be fashioned before we're set into the building. And those who are in the monastery are the craftsmen or the craftswomen. And each is placed there by God and they're, they're there to help each of us evolve, to soften, to be molded, to, to work in a way that is of our highest good by the chiseling process. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I love all these these different eyes seeing the same phenomenon and the same need for transformation. Yes, there is this organize, organizing principle, and there's this organic flow. And when they come together, something magnificent is created. Mm -hmm. Michelle, speaking of magnificence, I understand part of your journey, part of your very conscious creative journey came from a mountain. Do you have a minute to share that story with us?
1: I do. I absolutely do. And I laugh about that mountain. I Um, love that. mm. I do. I love that that mountain. And I I wanted to just offer this little quote. It says, Art is a reflection of God's creativity, an evidence that we are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that reminder. Yeah. So, Bobby, the funny thing about the mountain, and I want to say this too, CLM is full of amazing people the monks and ordained, they are here to really help us along our journeys. And Bobby has been a real way shower for me, whether he did that on purpose or not, I don't know, but, and as a student of life, I was luckily ready to listen and hear all that he has nudged me forward with. And so for one of the retreats, I think actually it was the last retreat in New Jersey, Bobby was doing a presentation. What was that? That was the Sermon on the Mountain
0: On yeah, the, the mountain. Be-
1: And so with the Beatitudes, right? So you asked me to create a mountain, mm-hmm. or if I could. And I, I happily said yes. And the truth is I hadn't painted in almost 13 years. I was a designer for 27 years and I, and I drew and I created constantly, but I never, I wasn't painting for myself and, and I have found there's a huge difference. But at any rate, I created this mountain and it was such a joy. I felt like a child creating it and it was effortless. And I saw it immediately and I created, it was quite large and it was three-dimensional. And so we brought it to the retreat and people, well, Bobby was the first one who said, did you notice that that, that mountain is breathing? (laughs) And, I said, what are you talking about? What do you mean it's breathing? He said, it's alive. Don't you see that it's breathing? And during, during this retreat, we had a chance to do some individual healings. I think Padre had the monks and ordained around the room, and you could go in front of anybody. And luckily, I went to you, and you gave me a healing that was literally life-changing for me. And you had a few messages for me. One of those messages was to watch the movie Free Willy. And you said (laughs) to me, they're showing me orcas. Does that mean, do they mean something to you? And And I, at the time, no. And so you gave me this healing and I felt it in my body from head to toe. And you had me lay lay on the altar I feel like I was on that altar for an hour but at any rate like a good student I went home and I watched that movie and that movie was all about this orca and this young boy who could speak to this orca but inside the movie there were so many messages in this movie for me was about love opening your heart trusting The coolest part, there was a Native guy who was working with the orcas, and he was a carver. And during the movie, he shares the story of a Native person, a Pacific West Coast person who carved a boat, and the boat, through his breath, turned into a whale. And Mm -hmm. so... He breathed life into this creation. And this light bulb went off in my head because my journey has been about the breath of God, the breath of life, being able to create and breathe life into it so that it becomes a living vessel of God. And that was the most profound healing for me Mm. and seriously if you hadn't asked me to create that mountain i don't know if i would have even begun to paint again
0: oh wow and it's
1: it it has become my life's work
0: Mm.
1: now right now anyway it'll life will continue to change but (laughs) that was so profound
0: Oh, I love that. That was so
1: profound. And two other little caveats about that. My other dearest mentor, my godmother, Barbara Rose Billings, I don't know if it was right at that time, a little after, the very, very first phone call I ever had with Barbara, I told her that somebody told me that they had come into my life to connect me to God. And I really questioned that. And she said to me, Ron Roth, quote, we are most like God when we create and that I've always had a strong connection to the divine. And she told me then that my my spiritual name was Rucha. breath of God and Holy Spirit and wind. And so that made so much sense to me that that's a gift that God has given me, which is to breathe life into my creations. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> and yeah. you know, that retreat that Barbara Rose ordained, right? That same retreat with her she ordination. got Yes, yeah,
1: she did. Yes, she did. Yeah. She did. yeah. yeah.
0: So I love Yeah, that I was so potent. How all these things come together. And so you had a living mountain before you even knew you had the breath in you to give life to life. inanimate and to um, breathe yeah. your creation. I just I just love this. This is so beautiful. And this is, the this is you know, as Ron Ross says, when you're standing in, the, in an, an experience of love, then you know the, the presence of God. When you're standing in the experience of love, you know God. And I just mm-hmm. feel like when I was standing in front of that mountain, I knew God. I totally knew God. I felt the love that went into it. I felt the, the time, the energy, the consciousness, the, the, all the nuance, the little apostles, mm, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so, and it, you could see it from way back in the hall. It mm-hmm. mm-hmm. had a life. Oh. Wow. Thank
1: you.: mm. I think that no, no, thank you. Thank you for changing my life. Really? <laughs> 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 you know. know. <laughs> 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 right, Liza? Yeah. Totally. Totally, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, Pretty Liza, fun. I think
0: your focus of transformation, <laughs> this this deep transformation that has occurred in your life where you've gone from literally doing it the right way to doing it God's way. And so can you tell us about that from grad school to grades, from that state mm-hmm. of beat?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm just really in in the whole, that whole retreat space with you all in the mountain and so beautiful. Thank you, Michelle. And thinking about that transformation from realizing that breath within us, or at least for me, that I had a symbol come in about this journey of like being, like having a rock dropped in a pond and those concentric rings that come out. And that that space in the center being that breath and all the rings outside sort of being the healings and the layers of the onion that I'm slowly peeling back as I return back to that breath. And in grad school, I was studying, I'd come out of high fashion in New York City. And so that real outside of the circumference being my actual outfit, you know, (laughs) and as I studied art, I was moving inward, moving into things on the body. And I continued to keep, and and where that met in creating spaces, it was the, the time of conceptual art, so it was very mental. We were creating mm. environments that people walked into to experience, But and then I ended up as a curator, and uh, having my own gallery, and curating for the Art Institute, and then still moving inward again, and studying psychology, so then the space that I was inhabiting and creating within was in the mind and in the collective, unconscious. Sort of keep moving inward in those circles, getting closer to touching into this energy body, this this place of creativity that's so deep within for me, that's how I experience it, as like a inner union state. Yeah. And it wasn't really until I came to FSD and then CLM that I gave myself permission to be responsible for that inner state. I didn't really want to take responsibility for it. It scared me because it's powerful, and so it was easier for me to be on those outer rings. Of, and I still love fashion and art and all the things, but I kind of lived in those outer rings. And as I came back into this. Deep knowing of myself as energy and then also being responsible for myself as energy, as an intention, creating, breathing river of creativity. The suffering is slowly, I'm still, you know, working on this always, falling away because it's so enlivening to create from this space. It's like that glow that everyone talks about just starts to build inside. And I know so many people on this call have been on the on the path forever and have been glowing forever. But for me, I'm new to really owning that that is possible for me as a, as a spirit this lifetime and embodying that and then walking in right ethics with the power of that creation. And Bobby, you have been such a, a healing guide for me, I think. You described it in one of her recent healings. Like I was born with a certain awareness and consciousness, and I have a new one, and I feel that. I really yeah. feel that as I, as I allow myself to be breathed, to be played like that flute, to mm-hmm. surrender. Like I didn't really even understand surrender, or I, I wasn't actually interested in surrender. <laughs> yeah, <but> as I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe not. But as I actually experience that feeling that is beyond the body and emotion of that unity it's really simple and peaceful and it's not even peaceful it just is happening that that now my my artwork you know I still make pots and I create spaces and altars and paint and do all that but for me my art now is is this healing practice in my office where when I can be in that place, that unity, that breath, the ruha, the, the river, and intend for myself to stay in connection, then healing just happens around me. I don't have to mm-hmm. do very much. And, and the flow just begins to flow. And if I don't attach to it and get excited about it or I don't push it away, more comes. So the more that Padre, I was like, oh, that's what he's talking about. It's like this mystery just keeps unveiling itself. And that's like the creator showing me the wealth of creation that's possible. And I just feel so grateful to everyone. You, Bobby, Barbara Rose, Padre, Ron, who I feel like I talk to all the time, Dana, all the teachers at FSD our whole community our student body i mean michelle is so great at acknowledging the the wealth of wisdom in our student body i learn all the time from our fellow students we're really lucky and blessed to be in this space of co-creation together
0: absolutely
1: yeah that's true so true
0: speaking of co-creation i know that there's something very unique about one unique aspect about creating, which is the creation, conscious creation of children. And oh, yeah. I think that's such a powerful teaching for us right now, especially since one of our, you know, one of the CLM students just had a baby a week ago mm-hmm. and yeah. days ago. And totally miraculous being one of our, our uh, fellow students, Olga, her daughter's just about to have a baby. She's about three weeks out. And Michelle, I don't know if I ever told you this, but for Sophia's wedding, I gave her one of your paintings. I bought one of your mm. paintings.
1: And, oh, um,
0: wow. Yeah, and, and she's also a, a cancer. So I just love how how all of these beautiful components of the creative process come together, how all of these components of divinity in its most natural organic form come together. So if you if you... Both feel like talking a little bit about children and creation. That would be awesome.
1: Sure. sure. Do you wanna go first? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You Do you, you wanna... have a really incredible story about that, actually. Well, yeah, for sure. Because mm-hmm. it when I first understood that that God was was possible for me, I I was. <laughs> it's a big story. So I I wasn't able to have children this lifetime, and I really, really wanted to be a mom, and, and probably a lot out of programming, and but it was a strong drive in me, and I had a lot. I've kind of held that maternal stream since I was little, and so when I met my husband, we decided that we were going to work with a surrogate, a gestational carrier, to have a baby. And I mean, we didn't have the money. It's kind of like it was very new at the time. People didn't really do that. And I knew that I had to really do some work with my mother wound before I was able to manifest this miracle. I don't. I didn't manifest it, but the miracle to, un, to unfold. And so I spent many years at the feet of Ammaji, and I prayed to her, and I received mantra and healing, and apple after apple. I wrote prayers, and I really, I didn't have a connection with the community, but I had a connection with her, and she was showing me so many places inside my heart that I had closed in my relationship with my mom, who's on the call, hi, mom, and that <laughs> I had opened over time. <laughs> and and I really healed at the feet of the mother. She opened my knowing again, and my intuition and clairvoyance, which I had shut down and and miracles started to unfold. And one of those miracles was that Ken and I sat with a lot of intention in the garden with a group of our friends I didn't even know what Holy Spirit was at the time, but somebody brought all these little doves on strings, indigo-painted doves, and we wrote prayers on the back of them and hung them from the trees. Like, this is how the Holy Spirit's always there, right? But You just don't even know, right? And we're praying to bring in these two divine beings. We sent out this email to the ethers, and it traveled. This was before social media, so it went viral, whatever that is. It traveled all over, and this amazing woman answered, a stranger responded to us. And she was not somebody who needed money. She was not somebody who we felt because it's an interesting thing to ask someone to carry a baby for you. It can be very exploitive. And I was uncomfortable with that. She had children of her own. She had resources. She was a VP at Adobe. She was like very confident, but she felt called by God to help us. And and it turned out her husband was also an acupuncturist like mine. And we met and we formed this instant bond, this relationship that I can't describe. She was streaming non-conditional love in a way that cracked my heart open. I, had, I was really reserved and not effusive in, in loving people. And this, this stranger who's now one of my dearest, Katie, showed me what's possible, how to truly love and be of service. And through, and we, she ended up carrying twins for us. And I, I mean, there's, it's, there aren't a lot of words to express the miracle that Katie exists on the planet, that she and I had this really intimate, loving relationship. I came to her house, I sang to the children in her belly, I cooked food for her, I cleaned. I I just wanted to be around these children being born. And she showed me that miracles are possible with intention and clarity. And she carried the twins to term and we're still in close contact. And at the end I was there when the children were born. I caught I caught our children. I nursed the children by more miracles. And Katie's will reflect, and one day I hope she can speak for herself in this space, but she'll reflect that she knew that this was God's calling and she had to do this, and she prayed. She had a prayer life I didn't even have then, and prayed and prayed for these children. They were so blessed to have her. And it was Amma's, Amma's blessing the whole time, and I often say that I am just a shepherd for these children. These are Amma's children, and I'm doing the best that I can to live up to the gift that was given to us. Mm. Stunning. Yeah, that's a miracle. That's just incredibly beautiful. I love that story. Yeah, I love Katie, and I'm really grateful for the children and their teaching, because they are true embodiments of I mean, they're a little snaggly right now at fourteen, but they <laughs> deep in there is <laughs> this beautiful. These beautiful spirits that really came from the Divine Mother. Um, and there's just many ways to become a parent. There's many paths. There's many ways to bring new life here. And this this capacity, we're studying the Saint Miriam in our in the student program, and it was one of the highlights Was thinking about how intentional her parents were, and I know that Lori Lori also had a really intentional conception with her son, that it is really possible to do that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Well, I think Michelle also had some wisdom that she was going to share about intentional childbearing.
1: (laughs) Intentional childbearing. Well, yeah. Just to piggyback that, and I think I shared this in in class, though, Sri Bhagwan, he talks about conscious childbearing and how there was a time where you needed permission, I guess in Egyptian times from the Pharaoh, to have children. It wasn't just everybody co-creating everywhere. It was a very sacred, intentional act. And you got permission. And just the way you did, Liza, you pray with reverence for, for your child. And hearing that just struck me so profoundly because I, I don't think that many people are very conscious about the children that they're bringing into the world on that level. Of course, people get together, they want their children, but to to really call forth the soul and the qualities and, and to shower that soul with love and to make room for that soul. I just thought that was so incredible. And the truth is I've always wanted to be a mother. It's actually the only thing I wanted to do was get married and have kids. And there was a time during my career where I also contemplated having a child on my own. And I, I decided against it. My guidance didn't take me in that direction, but I always felt like the creations, the artistry, my designs. I used to put collections together every six months. I used to feel like I was birthing children. I was so attached to all the creations that I birthed out into the world into Target and Walmart and Bed Bath & Beyond, but I think one of the the most fun little creation stories just came to me the other day. Because creation is so many things, right? And and, and much of creation is a miracle. Mm. And at this last retreat, Hidden Gems, I hadn't seen Dana in a really long time, and, and we were so happy to see each other, and we were chatting it up, and... He mentioned that Carrie and I get to babysit Joy, his, his dog with Janai, because she lives here in uh, Sedona. So we were talking about animals and how much love they provide and they're your kids. And Dana said to me, I think that was Friday morning, he said, Joy is training Carrie and I for our own child, our own dog. And so seriously, it was the very next day, Daisy Southwick and I went to lunch and there were little puppies from a rescue and I fell in love with one of them. And lo and behold, I wound up adopting our little puppy, our hidden gem from that retreat. So I brought her home and her name was Ashley, our given name was Ashley, and it just didn't It just didn't feel right for her. And since the retreat was called Hidden Gems, I heard very clearly three names. I heard Pearl, Ruby, or Opal. And so Carrie said, Pearl, definitely Pearl, that's her name. And I thought, well, you know, I really like Ruby because it's faceted. I think she's got a lot of personality. Maybe we should try a few. So for one day, we tried Ruby. And I came home from work. And Carrie said, I have to tell you something. I said, what? She said, I'm sorry, but she told me her name is Pearl. And, of course, I was I didn't believe him. I said, oh, come on, you're just saying that. You just you just want her name to be Pearl. He said, no, Michelle, seriously. She telepathically told me her name was Pearl. And so <laughs> we kept Pearl. And then, I, you know, it might have been a week or two later. I was praying at my altar, and it just, this knowing came into me. I realized that I had asked Amma Bhagwan to materialize a pearl on my altar uh, and they they materialized a pearl but a living pearl <laughs> and then I, and I just, I mean, it was so like, oh my God, they answered my prayers, right? They they created this miracle for me in such a more profound way than than a little pearl on my altar. But then two days after that, I was reading on my cell phone and I felt something drop to the floor. And I bent down. To pick it up and it was a pearl.
0: Oh my god. It
1: fell out of mm. my phone. And so wow. creation the mm-hmm. divine is just miraculous. Yeah. And so I am a mommy. I have you a little are. pearl.
0: <laughs> and yeah. And she's beautiful, and she loves you.
1: <laughs> she does, and she loves her daddy, boy, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> Liza, I think you had a beautiful pr- prayer from Hildegard that you'd like to share.
1: You know, I wonder if if I can shift that to read the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, because oh, it really speaks to everything we're talking about so beautifully. Oh,
0: love that. Okay.
1: I'm just gonna just drop in because it's so beautiful. Oh, cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our being and carve out a space within us where your presence can abide. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance with our knowing. Endow us with wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish. Untie the tangled threads of destiny that bind us as we release others from the entanglement of past mistakes. Do not let us be seduced by that which would divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and the fruitful vision, the birth, power, and fulfillment as it is gathered and made whole once again. Amen. Mm -hmm.
0: Amen. Amen. Oh, Isn't
1: it. that <laughs> great? I love
0: it. That's so good. Well, I also know that we talked a little bit about how nature is a healer and a creative process for each of us. So maybe we could take one minute to each to just say a little something about that.
1: Well, that's a big topic. <laughs> yeah, it's going to say, woo. mean. <laughs> 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 we are, we can have a couple minutes here. Woo.
0: I could start. One of the things that I've always appreciated about the nature is it's always very honest. You know where you're at. You know what's happening okay. by how nature is happening around you, or the gifts that nature is bringing. For instance, one time when I was in a very altered. State. It was, and it lasted for several months. St. Therese was always, she was, all, she was habitating in my life. And one day I look out and she had literally grown a pink rose on a red rose bush. One pink rose on a red rose bush. Wow. That's the message for me. And mm-hmm. I, I kept looking at the rose and I didn't understand it first because this one rose had such a huge aura on it and it didn't match the bush or. The other flowers. They were all beautiful. And I finally went outside to look, get really close to it and actually stand with it and see it. And there's St. Grace standing next to it. And I said, oh, Trace, thank you. This, mm. was, this was a gift to co- confirm the holy intercession that you've been providing for me. And I really am grateful. So that's kind of what I was mm. going to.
1: I can pick up that that on the way to drop my daughter off from school, I passed this body of water called the Laguna de Santa Rosa. So there's the rose again. And it's this, Mm. this tributary of the Russian river that leads out to the ocean. So it's actually on a tide. So it breathes, she breathes in and out. And so every morning I pass her and it's like a, a prayer of watching where she is in the moment of the day. And it's always different. Right. And I, I speak with her and I pray with her every day. I stop and I just take a few minutes and I stand at the edge of the water. Sometimes there's cows grazing and It's filled with grass and sometimes it's a rushing river. There were two pelicans the other day. And this is what she said to me a couple of weeks ago. So I, she's my muse. Okay? She's, she's, she is as honest as it can be. She says, stepping off the edges of the known into reflective pools of radiance is the ask of humanity to drop traumatic righteousness, frozen defenses that keep mind small and move towards a oneness of heart. The invitation is to reflect the luminous in all relationships in all awarenesses and all creations nature for me is my greatest news. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. I I love that. Well, and, and for me, I grew up on a lake in northern Jersey, beautiful freshwater lake. I had the lake in my backyard and the woods across the street. And at the age of five, we roamed the woods we climb the trees. I'd spend hours laying on these huge boulders. And I feel like, you know, nature is the place where I can drop into God effortlessly. The smells, the sounds. I love to smell the earth, even here in the desert. There's something about the heat from the rocks... How nature will just speak and hold us, it's a container for me, and it's it's a portal, it's a portal point, and the lake, the water. so nature's always been a place to hold and to allow me to drop quickly and deeply into mm-hmm. my God space.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, maybe now we could transition and we'll start with you, Michelle. And you could just, from that God space that you just took us to, from Jersey Lake to Sedona Mountains, uh-huh. really <laughs> create a prayer from your heart that, that will help everyone or someone on this call.
1: Dear God, come to us, hold us, hold us in your heart. Share your love. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your healing waters to flow through everyone on this call. Hold your brothers and your sisters, guide them effortlessly to their heart's desires. Illuminate all that needs to be illuminated for them at this time. Thank you, God. Thank you,
0: Amen. And Lisa.
1: Amen. Thank you, Michelle. Oh, I'm just gonna invite everyone. If you aren't already, just to place your hand on your heart and your belly. Like Michelle asked in the beginning, we'll come full circle and say thank you to the beauty before us, the be- beauty behind us, beauty to our left side and beauty to our right side, beauty above us and beauty below us. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here in this circle. Use each of us as an instrument of healing Heal ourselves, our neurons, our bodies. Thank you for this opportunity to be a conduit for your breath, Holy Spirit, to play us like flutes. So that we can bring this healing to our loved ones, our family, our animals, our pets, our communities, our clients anyone who is calling in new spirits to incarnate, Holy Spirit, infuse them with intention and listening, with love and peace for all those who are creating new life, new paintings, new jobs, new relationships. Holy Spirit, infuse them with stillness They can listen with discernment and clarity. Thank you for this opportunity to be on the call. Thank you, Run Roth, for creating this container and passing the lineage to Padre Paul. Thank you, Paul, for trusting in us to speak for your community. Thank you, Bobby, for hosting, and Stephanie, for greeting Pat. Thank you, Michelle, for being my God's sister and for walking the path with me. Thank you, God, for everything. Amen.
0: Amen. Lord, I, first of all, would like to wish happy birthday to some people who are having birthdays this month, your children, Aunt Nancy, who's in spirit with you, Charles Billings, who's turning 80, Gwen Mitchell, who's having a birthday this week, and all the others who are celebrating their birthday during this time of Aries, this time of new beginnings, this holy new year of the spirit. Susan Wallace, Olga, Lorena, Francois, Levinier, so many wonderful people that we know and love are having birthdays. So thank you to all of them. Thank you for bringing them onto the planet. And thank you for this magnificent, magnanimous, majestic community of Celebrating Life Ministries. It just has such a powerful mission to heal, restore, to renew a right mind, a right spirit, to help each person tap their destiny at the highest level of creation. We are so very, very, very fortunate to co-create together, time in and time out, to have calls, to have programs, to do retreats, to do healings to study together, to mm-hmm. laugh together, to get peace together. This is a tremendous, tremendous, miraculous ministry. And I thank each and every caller who took time tonight to be on this call. And I pray with all my heart mm-hmm. that whatever your desire was to be healed or to be heard or to be evolved, that that happens in the highest level of the divine light. And there's wonderful intercessors who come before us and will stay with us long after we hang up this call. Padre Ronroth, my deepest deepest affection goes to Padre Ron Roth, who's always been there for me and he's there for this ministry. So just call upon his intercession. Padre Pio, another amazing soul who's dedicated to this ministry. Saint Teresa, another beautiful intercessor who's very alive and available. And all of, the, all of the monks, the ordained, the ministers that work within this ministry, we send them blessings and ask for their blessings in return. And may we all be held in the most creative team tonight night as we came, evolve, and float together in God. Amen, amen, amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Michelle. Amen. Oh, my Thank God. you,
1: God Father. <laughs>
0: What a blessing it is to be with you tonight. Thank you all so much. God bless you. God bless. God
1: bless everybody.